and welcome to Euractiv's Agri-Food Podcast. My name is Natasha Foote. And my name is Gerardo Fortuna. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Euractiv's Agri-Food News team. So welcome back. Uh, the subject we're going to be talking today is probably the most pressing issue when it comes to agricultural policy at the EU level. Natasha, do you reckon there's a topic more contentious, disputed, mm. controversial than common agricultural policy? Definitely controversial cap. That's that's what it should be known as from henceforth. Yeah, probably the C is, is for controversy. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, there's this shared belief that March will be crucial in the negotiation process uh, ongoing uh, as talks are approaching uh, the agreement stage, which is expected mm. by May. You probably remember that the EU ministers uh, represented in the negotiation by the Portuguese presidency and the European lawmakers uh, in the European Parliament are negotiating for reaching an agreement on a common text uh, for, for the reform of the common agricultural policy. And uh, as I said, the current rotating EU presidency held by Portugal have decided to convene this super trilogue. Uh, what is this? It it is basically a joint negotiation meeting with all three rapporteurs in the European Parliament to seek a breakthrough uh, in the CAP talks. Uh, the trilogue is this um, uh, gathering of negotiators, of the three negotiators, actually. The two negotiators, the Council and the European Parliament, plus the Commission who's joining as a honest uh, broker. And, uh, and um, as you probably know, the, the common agricultural policy file is divided into these three pieces of legislation dealing specifically with uh, strategic plans, uh, horizontal government governance, and common market organization, the, the CMO. Of course, the Portuguese presidency is the single interlocutor on each file, but the European Parliament is represented at the talks by one negotiator for each dossier. So they, they're doing separate negotiations. And, and then it comes this idea of having a super trilogue with, with the, all the negotiators uh, sitting at the same uh, table. So we're very happy to have here with us today the instigator of this plot twist in the CAP talks, uh, the Portuguese Agriculture Minister uh, Maria do Seu Antunes who is also the chair of the Agrifish Council uh, during the uh, Portuguese presidency. Thanks, Minister, for having joined us today. So let's start with this new super trilogue you've recently called. Uh, why do you think it is needed and what was the reaction from other negotiators uh, to this idea? Our objective is to conclude the CAP negotiations, which require a demanding timetable of discussion in order to obtain an agreement in the spring. This is the appropriate timing for implementing the CAP strategic plans in each member states from January 2023. I believe that this month is crucial in the planning of the negotiation process as are now approaching the, the agreement building phase. It is essential to make this CAP reform happen and to provide the necessary predictability to European farmers. It will therefore uh, be an important as this stage to give a boost of the negotiation through a super trialogue 
that will enable a comprehensive uh, political review of the three regulations that constitute the CAP. At the beginning of the month, I have very useful meetings with the chairman of Comagri and commissioner too, in which this initiative was welcomed in a very positive way by the European Parliament and the European Commission. So you're in constant talks with Commissioner Wojciechowski and also with the Agri-Committee Chair Norbert Linz and we actually recently spoke to Mr Linz who told us that it's a good sign that the presidency is is moving and that the CAP trilogues in general are moving forward now. Um, so we were wondering uh, what has been going wrong uh, in the talks so far and you know what are the main obstacles and the main hardships that you've faced during these negotiations? Negotiations have taken place with great intensity and the commitment from all three institutions with around 50 meetings already held, including the trialogues for each of the three regulations that constitute the CREP reform. I do not consider that uh, there are any unavoidable difficulties in the ongoing work. The process is complex and takes time and a lot of technical and political work. Commitments are required of each part, which will give a final result that will certainly result in a good agreement for European agriculture. In a first phase, a comprehensive and systematic evolution of the three regulations that constitute the CAP reform was necessary in technical meetings and trialogues between the three institutions which has been ongoing. The conditions are now in the phase for us to move forward in a more broadly based approach in finding a balance in the positions of the three institutions. We mentioned this idea of having a super trilogue, but the Portuguese presidency has also brought another first, which is the publication of the four-column document, basically the document of the negotiations with the position of each uh, institution joining the talk. So this is a choice that uh, clearly breaks off with the past and introduces more transparency in a process that has always been considered obscure. So why did you take this decision? And again, how did the other parties react? And do you think this will or should set a precedent in future negotiations? This is not exactly a first. Such documents have been made public before. What is new now is the decision to provide regular information on the state of the negotiation in a transparent manner. Moreover, this information refers only to what has been provisionally agreed in order not to warm the ongoing negotiations. One issue that appears to be a major sticking point in wrapping up the CAP negotiations is social conditionality. So do you see that it will be possible to reach a compromise on this in the next couple of weeks? Social conditionality was not part of the Commission original proposal, nor was in part of the mandate of the presidency received from the Council. However, I consider it an extremely important issue under the social pillar of the Portuguese presidency priorities. Uh, 
We are working on it. In other words, we need to check a number of variables, such as the legal basis in Europe and the member states, matters relating controllability and others, to see what margin we have to presenting proposals that may include this social dimension in the cap. And lastly, other outstanding issues are still open. So what is uh, the latest and what's your position? We are committed to advancing the negotiation of the cap. A trialogue of the strategic plans regulation took place yesterday where the presidency presents package of proposals to move forward commitments referring to new performance model and on directed payments. Optimistic expectation for an approximation of package in the three regulations under which our presidency has a set of proposals. I believe in the commitment of the Council and European Parliament to make progress in the negotiations. So thank you very much for joining us here today on the podcast, Minister. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. And now we're going to move on to another big topic that happened this week, um, talking about the kind of the thawing relations between the US and the EU, which has been a bit frayed in the past, uh, the past couple of, well, past few years. Um, actually years, yeah. Yeah, actually years. Um, so there was a meeting this week between the EU Agricultural Commissioner Janusz Wojciechowski and his US counterpart, the Agricultural Secretary Tom Vilsack, um, this week. So they were talking about... Um, you know, building relations together between between the US and the EU after this long-standing trade dispute that's been souring these transatlantic relations, um, as we said, for the past few years. Um, so the two agricultural bosses had had a phone call this week and spoke about how to kind of relaunch active bilateral cooperation, um, aiming at ensuring global food security and making agriculture also more climate friendly. Um, so this meeting, for the context of the meeting, it was held just a few days after the US and the EU called a four month uh, truce, a suspension on these retaliatory tariffs that were stemming from this this, this WTO dispute um, over government subsidies to aircraft manufacturers Airbus and Boeing. And this has been going on for a, l- a long time and it's been affecting different sectors, but it's been really disproportionately affecting the agri-food uh, sector. So this has been really, really uh, welcomed by the agri-food sector in the EU, who spoke about you know, the, the effect of these punitive tariffs that we're having on agri-food products. And actually, um, it's interesting because on the day of US President Joe Biden's inauguration, so when he was sworn in to his new role, um, the chair of the European Parliament's Agricultural Committee, Norbert Linz, took the opportunity to write a letter um, to Commissioner Dombrovskis asking him to intervene directly in the dispute, um, which, as I said, has been having enormous knock-on effects uh, throughout the agri-food sector. I mean, it doesn't come as a surprise because we can say that uh, love was already in the air mm. and, uh, after Biden's victory in the US election. Uh, we remember that the fact that Biden would have come to power has been hailed uh, as a new hope for the, the struggling transatlantic relationship. So this relationship seems seemed close to restarting. 
and and uh, you remember we we covered also the the first olive branch mm. uh, of the uh, of this smaller trade deal about lobster ah yes uh, so yeah yeah, yeah. in the, in um, the parliamentary committee uh, backed this trade deal to remove eu tariffs on uh, us lobsters mm. and um and you remember the, the the MEP, the socialist MEP, who's also the chair of the um, um, trade committee at the European Parliament, uh, said that uh, uh, this uh, lobster deal um, would have been a stepping stone for for more constructive transatlantic dialogue. So, hmm. uh, in a sense, we can say that um, again, it was something in the air. So this uh, truce uh, was actually uh, hailed, but uh, was also kind of anticipated, eagerly anticipated, actually, from especially from the agri-food sector. No, indeed, indeed. The, the only thing is, I mean, and, and it's actually the the, uh, the will, uh, what the the sector, the agri-food, the agri-food sector hopes, is that this temporary uh, ceasefire. Uh, could become uh, permanent mm-hmm. because at the moment it's a sign of goodwill, but we're still in um, coping with the uh, with uh, <laughs> the consequences of the trade policy of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. So um, and and that, that's basically uh, why also this phone call that Wojciechowski um, and and Bill Sack had is important because I mean uh, they started finding some common ground for their cooperation in the agriculture uh, sector. So it's it's not only about trade. It's not only about um, the agri food products that uh, the two shores of the Atlantic uh, trade, but it's it's also about um, you know having this constructive cooperation mm. on, uh, for instance, on topic like rural areas, uh, the impact of uh, climate change uh, on agriculture, the the, mu- the mutual relationship between uh, climate change and agriculture, rekindling the flame of friendship between the two. Quite interesting. In- yeah, particularly after this, um, you know, as you said before, these years mm. of—I'm not saying there weren't talks between the, the, the two shores of the of the Atlantic, but they didn't share the same beliefs, maybe. Mm-hmm. So didn't see quite eye to eye, maybe. Yeah, mm. yeah. Indeed. Well, we're not quite out of the woods yet with the with the tariffs, as you said. It's, in- it's only a suspension, so you know yet to see whether this translates into something that's, you know, more of a long-term kind of, uh, you know, long-term thawing of, of relations. Maybe this is the beginning of something interesting. So that's all from us this week. And this week, as with every week, the AgriFood podcast was produced by Euractiv's AgriFood news team, Gerardo Fortuna and Natasha Foote, with the support of our podcast producer, Evie Chiori. And you can also find this podcast on all of your uh, favorite podcast streaming applications. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss the latest agriculture news from the EU. I'm Gerardo Fortuna. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of Euractiv's project Beyond Agriculture, funded by the IMCAP program of the European Union. The content of this podcast represents the views of the author only and is his, her, sole responsibility 
the European Commission does not accept any responsibility for use that may be made of the information it contains.